We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice, your guys. Cody and Derek back here for another episode, guys. We are continuing our series looking at every single position group on this Colts team. We've already looked at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. If you guys haven't yet, be sure to go back, check out those videos, give them a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. But guys, we are going to finish the offense today, and we are going to finish by talking about the offensive line. So this might be a little bit of a longer episode than we've done because there's a lot more guys to talk about here. You know, We're talking about five positions in total plus some other bench guys as well. So we're going to get into some depth and kind of talk about some of these guys, get into some little bit of debates because there are a couple of positions that are new starters. They're going to feature some new guys that are going to start for this team. So let's just the way we're going to do it, guys, is we're just going to go along this offensive line. We're going to start at left tackle. We're going to end at right tackle. We're going to have all the conversations in between. Let's start here at left tackle, though, Derek, and I think this is the most important position that we're going to watch in training camp, I think, especially in the offensive line, because. The incumbent starter last year, Eric Fisher, is no longer with the team. Uh, the Colts let him walk in free agency. What did they do? They re-signed last year's right tackle, Matt Pryor, who they traded for seventh-round pick last year, who played more right tackle and right guard, filled in in some spots. He's going to get an opportunity to compete for left tackle. They also drafted they also drafted offensive tackle out of Central Michigan, Bernard Ryman, as well. So the Colts have some competition at left tackle. I might as well throw in Dennis Kelly's name in there as well, a guy that's played a lot of snaps over the last few seasons, a vet in this league. Who knows? You know, They signed him. He's played some left tackle, played some right tackle. But specifically talking about left tackle here, Derek, what are your thoughts on these two players that we think are going to probably compete for that spot? I mean, it's very interesting. I think that this is the matchup that everyone in Colts Nation should be watching when it comes to training camp. I mean, Matt Pryor, like you said, came over, was basically a low-end acquisition. You know, he was a guy that nobody really knew, nobody really understood, and nobody really expected anything from him. And then sure enough, from weeks Five all the way through weeks 12. I mean, this guy was the best offensive lineman that the Colts had last season. So really stepped up in a lot of ways when Braden Smith was hurt. Uh, so, you know, things like that. He really did 
show that he deserves a shot at this position. And like you said, Eric Fisher, obviously gone now. So you had to fill in that void. And, you know, at that time when the decision was made to re-sign prior, you know, the Colts hadn't reached the draft yet. And they didn't know if they were going to get a left tackle at that point, uh, or at least one that was going to compete right away in Bernard Ryman. So, you know, Matt Pryor definitely deserving of the chance to get that spot. And then Ryman, obviously, who you drafted in the third round, who you never thought really had a chance of getting at that spot, but you did anyway. So the Colts obviously jumping over backwards to uh, an excitement when it comes to picking up Ryman. You know, they really loved this guy and what he stood for and what he was able to do. And basically just one year as a left tackle at Central Michigan was one of the most effective left tackles in all of college football just in one season. So really, it's going to be a great matchup to see, you know, does Matt Pryor, you know, excel at this new position or does he find it a lot more difficult with being a new position, being on that left side, having to be the guy, you know, at that spot? Does it, does it become too much of a role? You know, is Bernard Ryman not going to uh, handle the workload? And you mentioned Dennis Kelly, obviously, guy that could potentially fill that role too if need be for injury's sake or anything. You know, another name I'll just throw in there just for a guy that could fringe make this roster, Ryan Vandemark, the undrafted free agent out of Connecticut that the Colts picked up. He had, I mean, he was a top eight in co- total contract earnings for undrafted free agents. So at the time when the Colts signed him, he was actually the highest paid undrafted free agent uh, for that moment that he was signed. So really goes to show you that the Colts really wanted to make sure that this guy uh, remained on their roster. Again, whether or not he's going to make the active roster, that's up for interpretation later on. But, you know, as another guy that, you know, is going to definitely see the field at least a little bit during training camp. But I'm excited for Matt Pryor and Bernard uh, Ryman. I'm really interested to see who steps up and who actually is able to block guys like Quiddy Pay and Yannick Ngakwe this this fall. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a great challenge for both of them to you know go after some really good pass rushers and face some guys that are going to be you know hopefully we hope are going to be really effective pass rushers this next season. Um, one thing that I think just stands out overall in terms of the tackle position, and I know we haven't got to right tackle yet, but. The, the amount of depth that Chris Ballard has added this offseason, right? Yes. I mean, that has been, I would say, if that if that was an issue, uh, one of the beefs that I've had with Ballard is, you know, he talks all the time about offensive line depth, but then, you know, the last couple seasons, you've had to deal with guys like LaRaven Clark, Chaz Green, uh, you know, even last year having to deal with, uh, I don't even remember his freaking name. You know, he, he it's just like filling <laughs> blank that's, spot that's here. That's the point, is it not? That's yeah. the point, is it not? Bringing in guys that nobody can even remember after a year. Honestly, I've like <laughs> blocked that part out in my memory. Like I don't even, I think it was Jamarcus Webb. But like anyway, um, I don't even like, rem- I couldn't remember for a second because it was so forgettable. Um, but that has just been that- such an issue. That is the great part about what Ballard has done this offseason. You mentioned it, the depth. I mean, the great thing about Ballard, and we've noticed it in the trend over the last few seasons, is every time the Colts have a a problem with injuries when it comes to uh, a specific group, Ballard always goes out of his way to make sure depth is added to that group at that next offseason. From 2020 all the way to now, he has done that 
so much better. And not only the depth of this, but the quality of the depth is so much better right now than what we have seen. I mean, not getting too deep into it, but obviously getting Ryman, a, a top six left tackle prospect in the whole draft and getting him in the third round. And then, you know, getting Dennis Kelly, who again is not, it's amazing by any stretch, but is a guy that has been in the league for nine years, a guy that knows everything there is to know about being in a locker room, playing in multiple positions. And we can keep going with this when it comes to the interior depth as well. I mean, the, the Colts have really done a great job of not only getting depth, but of getting quality depth, especially what we saw last year when, when COVID finally hit. Thank goodness we uh, have addressed this situation a lot more this year. And even guys that can play multiple positions, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that can fill in in the interior or on the outside. Yes. Um, that's big, you know, because you look at guys like, uh, you know, like Matt Pryor. He played right guard last year in that COVID Arizona game. Like he can do that. So that's just great. You know, it's just great to have guys that are position flexible as well. But let's continue on, guys. Talk about left guard. Quentin Nelson. I mean, what what else to say? Best guard in football. Kind of had a down year last year, though. But it seems like all indications, all signs are pointing towards him being healthy, finally, which is great news, you know, because I feel like Quentin Nelson, obviously still a really great player last year. But he wasn't quite the Quentin Nelson that we've grown to know. You know, he had he had a few issues last year that weren't very Quentin Nelson like. So you really feel like okay, he's got a, you know full off season of being healthy. Um, you think he's going to get a great opportunity here? Um, obviously, didn't the season really didn't start out great for him? You know, with that weird foot thing, him and Carson Wentz had that weird foot thing like right you know within a couple days of each other. It was kind of weird, yeah. kind of crazy how that happened. But now he's fully healthy. Wasn't he it literally the day after? Yeah, Wasn't it was that not- literally the day after Carson Wentz said that Quentin Nelson was diagnosed with the same exact injury the next day? It was wild. Oh my God, Colts Nation was in a frenzy after that. Oh my word, it was it was great. I could, I still was like shocked that like that happened just yeah. like that, just like right after each other. I mean, that was just last year. Like people freaking were like people were like, please bless the field at that Graham Park <laughs> yeah, or something. Right. What is going Even on? It had nothing to do with the field. It was just, yeah, it's just the freak, most freakish of things ever. It was wild. But anyway, Quentin Nelson being back healthy, that certainly will be great. Um, you know, center Ryan Kelly last year. Um, you know, I thought he was fine last year. He was good last year. Obviously, you know, he missed a couple games because of the whole situation, personal issue with his family. Um, and then right guard right now, Danny Pinter is going to be your right guard who did fill in last year for Ryan Kelly. And I thought played extremely well, Derek, given the circumstances. Um, and then, uh, then for some quality depth guys, I mentioned Matt Pryor can play some guard. Um, and you do have Will Fries as well, yes. who was a seventh round pick last year that I felt like when called upon, I thought he played pretty well. What are your thoughts on kind of this interior offensive line and some of these key backup guys? Well, obviously, Quentin Nelson, like you said, top offensive lineman in the league, regardless of position. I mean, this guy's about to get, you know, a potential max contract for the position here, either this offseason still or at the end of next offseason. So, you know, really what it really comes down to, you know, how he performs this year. Because like you said, Quentin Nelson, still a really good offensive lineman last year, but not the Quentin Nelson we have all seen from him, right? He was not the same. And I think a lot of that had to do with the injuries. You know, he was dealing with that foot and then dealing with, 
the back uh, spasms that he has consistently had throughout his entire career. I mean, his first year, he didn't really have as much of that. But year two and year three, I mean, he those back spasms kept coming back a lot. And uh, Quentin Nelson obviously stated, you know, this is about the healthiest he has felt in a long time going into an offseason. So that's great to hear. Uh, great knowing that, you know, he's going to come back and hopefully come into training camp feeling a lot better and you hope that whatever back spasms issue he was having before you hope that they're able to kind of work on that a little more now and be able to fix that and barring any severe injury Quentin Nelson's still going to be the same old Quentin Nelson that we've all uh, all grown to love and like you mentioned the backup for that I mean Will Fries is mainly going to be the backup here at this spot you know Chris Reed was the was one of the backups at left guard uh, last year. Obviously is now with Minnesota, but nevertheless, I mean, Will Fries, in that Arizona game, he was the last offensive lineman to get the call out onto the field when, you know, almost our entire offensive line was gone, right? So, and I think Will Fries, outside of Matt Pryor, I think Will Fries might have been the best offensive lineman in that game too. So, you know, again, this this seventh round guy that, you know, not a lot of people had a lot of hopes for, but Will Fries, you know, has been sneakily doing really well. And, you know, this is a guy that also has a lot of position flexibility, even though due to his size, a lot of us have now just kept him in the interior of the offensive line to be able to get more help uh, with that. But nevertheless, has done really well. Uh, Ryan Kelly, like you mentioned, uh, last season missed some games due to the unfortunate death of his daughter. Uh, had to miss quite a few times with that. And who knows if, you know, obviously I wouldn't expect his head to be fully all focused on football during that. I mean, even after coming back, after being off for almost a month, you know, even then just the emotion probably going through him that last season probably didn't help matters any. Uh, you certainly hope that with a little bit of time, you know, he's able to figure it out uh, a little bit more, but now, Danny Pinter, your right guard. You obviously lost Mark Lewinsky. Danny Pinter, who can play center and guard. You know, he, he's been in that position. Also, the position flexibility issue. You know, and, and the Colts have said they have been using him at center and guard through the early part of the offseason to make sure he's not out of flow with it. Because right now, Danny Pinter is the backup uh, center for Ryan Kelly. So, you know, it's kind of funny because if if they lose Ryan Kelly, Pinter has to move and now somebody else has to move to right guard, whether that be, you know, Will Fries going in there or Matt Pryor has to move to right guard. And then that means Ryman's going to get the left tackle position. There's a lot of flexibility going on with this, but I think a lot of people think Danny Pinter is going to have a tremendous leap uh we've seen him in limited action over the last two seasons really step up at times when he's needed and has performed really well so i'm excited to see what danny pinter can do mm -hmm. absolutely yeah he's very uh we all we obviously knew coming out of ball state you know he's a physical uh freak in terms of athletic ability right i mean he, he was a former tight end like he has that ability to do that heck he caught her touchdown last year so i mean danny penter you know athletic maybe not as big as they come not a quentin nelson 
kind of guy, you know, not the big bowler kind of guy, but he makes up for it by being super athletic, super technically sound, all those things. Uh, so yeah, and he's position flexible, like you talked about. So very valuable piece on that offensive line. Um, I think another guy that we can, we got to talk about at right tackle is Braden Smith, who I think is one of, if not the most underrated players on this Colts team. Nobody talked about Braden Smith, but he's quietly when he's been healthy, been, I mean, in my mind, a top five right tackle. I really think he's he's in that conversation. Um, he just doesn't get talked about a lot, you know. But I think he's he's been as good as they come in terms of right tackles. You know, obviously he had to jump in his rookie season after being drafted to play guard and go play right tackle, and he has not relented and let that up ever since. And uh, he got paid, and rightfully so. And I'm really excited to see what he does now, being fully healthy. You know. Same with Quentin Nelson, like with just the injuries last year, they were just weird how that just happened. And uh, good to get Braden Smith back. It seemed like when he got back healthy, he was back to his normal self. So excited to see what he does this year as well. What are your thoughts on Braden Smith and just, you know, what he offers at right tackle? Maybe not, not a lot of fans and a lot of media talk about him, but he's been as good as they come at right tackle, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 2020 uh, or in 2020, yeah. I mean, Braden Smith was probably the best right tackle in all of football. I mean, it's, I'm not exaggerating that he was the only tackle in 2020 to not allow a sack with over 500 pass uh, attempts. So this is a guy that in 2020, he was phenomenal. And like you said, coming in his rookie year, he had to step in. He was a second round pick. He was a guy that was coming in behind Quentin Nelson, you know, him and Quentin Nelson, that new uh, rookie tandem on that offensive line, you know, really having to step in. And first year, he was an average right tackle. Second year does a little bit better. 2020s playing at an all pro level, even though he never got an all pro vote, which is absolutely stupid. How anyone who doesn't allow a sack all season at their position does not make all pro is beyond me. But then in 2021, like you said, got injured the first half of the year and just really wasn't quite the same player right after that. Uh, but obviously, like you said, coming into this year now, going to be healthy again was paid a great uh, contract in 2021, rightfully so, after the way he has continuously improved. You're right. This is a guy that, you know, Colts fans might have a little bit of disdain for due to how last season went down for him due to the fact that, you know, we thought, oh, he'll be back in like two to three weeks, and it turned out to be like nine weeks, you know? So, like, there was a level of disdain a little bit for, uh, Braden Smith by some Colts fans thinking that, you know, he wasn't in any rush to try to get back onto the field. And, you know, obviously couldn't be further from the truth, but it'll be great to see him back fully healthy. I mean, this entire offensive line, if it's healthy and it's ready to go, like what it was in 2020, I mean, this offensive line is going to be exceptionally well. Mm, it's exciting to see this group together. And if they can fully stay healthy, I really believe this group can compete with the best of them, honestly. Um, Cause you got guys that, you know, I, like we said, like Braden Smith's who don't get recognized. We think our pro bowl, all pro players. You have Ryan Kelly's of the world. Who's the top five center, in my opinion, 
um, are certainly in that conversation. Quentin Nelson, probably the best offensive lineman when healthy in football. Um, you know, and then you got some uh, some new guys in there that you think have some potential high upside as well. So it's an exciting group um, to watch. There's a few unknowns, like we mentioned. We'll be watching, especially left tackle in training camp, see who holds it down. Um, but I have to say this, Derek. At least they'll be better at pass blocking than Eric Fisher was last year. <laughs> it can't get a whole lot worse than what it was last season. I mean, I, I I'd like to say that I I'm gonna just say that I think that it's going to be improving, uh, regardless of who is at that position to start the year. Um, either way, I think that you know you're gonna hopefully you have a guy that's healthy going in, and thank God you don't have to rely on somebody like Julian Davenport to be your left tackle for uh, the immediate start to the season. And then you don't have to worry about a half healthy Eric Fisher blocking for you. See, that's how much I forgot about him. I said, Jamarcus Webb, it was Julian Davenport. I was thinking <laughs> of in my mind. That just shows you how I, I, little listen, I cared about listen, him. Listen, I don't, I mean, here's the thing. Julian Davenport definitely had a raw end of the stick uh, when it came to a bunch of these games, you know, had to play against the freaking Rams. I mean, I I understand it completely. If you're not that great of a of a left tackle or right tackle for that matter, I mean the the Rams purposefully put Aaron Donald at the right tackle position several times at the right defensive end position sometimes to specifically target Julian Davenport. I mean that was what they were trying to do, and then obviously had to uh, play against Chandler Jones in Arizona later in the year. I mean. That, that that's some tough competition. I, I truly get it. I really do. But, you know, he also got destroyed by the Seahawks defensive line. You know, I mean, y y you can't, you can't get destroyed by the Seahawks defensive line. Okay. You just can't. And, and when you, when you're the first guy up and you immediately are already off to a horrific start as a left tackle, you're just, you're the benefits just not in your favor. Not at all. Not at all. Well, guys, let us know your thoughts on this offensive line. Do you think it's a good group? Uh, what positions are you excited to watch this season on this team? Let us know all those things in the comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be hitting the defense pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. That'll do it for this one, guys. As always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.